0: I'm your host, Lawrence Doan, and tonight we are joined by Dr. Ahmed Al Hassini. Having graduated from the University of Otago with first class honours in 2015 and being awarded many clinical and research prizes, Dr. Ahmed has continued his pursuit of excellence in dentistry. He has seen firsthand through his own work how CAD-CAM and digital dentistry can positively change daily dental practice. He's carried out many aspects of complex digital dentistry, including CAD-CAM full mouth rehabilitation and digital smile design all in-house. He's one of the few in the world who owns and has tested all mainstream scanners and CAD-CAM systems in his clinic. He is also the director of the Institute of Digital Dentistry, IDD, which is a world leading digital dentistry education provider. Dr. Ahmed Al-Hassini, welcome to the show. Thanks, mate. It's good to be here. So tell us about your CPD or dental journey so far. Um, Well, a lot of my CPD journey
1: is obviously focused around digital. I mean, that's really my passion. Um, But like a lot of people, when I first started out, I got out from dental school and and you quickly realize you don't actually know a lot. Um, So I was just consuming as much CPD as I could in those first years. Uh, and this ranged from, you know, like the basics of like endo CPD, uh, surgery CPD, and, and those sort of things. And and back then it was much easier times. You could actually travel and and do things overseas. Now we're a bit limited. Um, but I would say in the past three three years, it's really focused on digital dentistry, um, and and mainly a mixture of self-taught and just following those who basically you can view as mentors.
0: Mm. So you say very early on, you're kind of just trying to get into the thick of the bread and butter dentistry that you're kind of going to come into as well. Um, so what were some of these ones that you were attend- because you mentioned you went overseas for it? You mean like to Australia or you mean in New Zealand?
1: Uh, I was actually a bit further. Um, I, I would say one bit of CPD that really changed my whole career. Um, it's a implant course out of four things. And uh, it was held in Peru. Uh, it's, it's the one run by bio horizons over there. And the funny thing about it, it wasn't that it changed my career cause I started doing implants, but, um, like a lot of new grads, I was just crazy scared of surgery. I mean, I would refer a lot of wisdom teeth. I wouldn't do a hell of a lot and just being, you know, hands-on in a relatively safe space with a lot of support around you and just learning the fundamentals of just cutting flaps and suturing flaps. That probably was the one bit of CPD that changed my career the most because you, once you learn those fundamentals of surgery, I mean, yes, and that was an implant setting, but then you can, it opens up a whole range of different things you can do. You're all of a sudden more confident to take out wisdom teeth um, because at the time I was doing a lot of extractions, um, but for some reason, something about wisdom teeth, you know, opening flaps and, Stitching them closed just freaked me out. So,
0: right. So, you're, you're learning this bread and butter. And so, when does this, you decide to go and take your, um, the jump into implant? Uh,
1: I would have probably been about two to three years in. I was quite fortunate as well that uh, I work alongside my father, and he's a very capable dentist. He's, you know, I would consider him easily one of the top in the country. And so he was doing a lot of implants, and I obviously had the support there. Um, And to be honest, the reason why I did that course was for the surgical skills more than anything. It wasn't actually really to do implants because, I mean, a lot of people tell you case selection is key, but placing an implant itself, the process of putting an implant in, isn't actually that complicated. I mean, you know, drill a hole, you can put it in. Um, But the key really is all the surgical skills around putting the implant in. That's really what what separates it all. Um, And I was just finding myself struggling with, you know, like I said, raising flaps and and stitching up gums. I had, you don't get much experience in dental school. And that's why I gravitated towards this course because they promised you would, you know, do it about 20 times in the span of four days and i was like look that sounds pretty good
0: right so you're going through that so now you're feeling more confident in it and at the same time you're still kind of doing some of these local kind of courses cpd courses to kind of still supplement it all of that and then how do you kind of incorporate you know your full mouth aspects of things
1: that really came from the digital side like i was trying to learn as much as possible i'm one of those general dentists that really like to do it all uh, from orthodontics to implants to surgery to endodontics and and the digital aspect is this other thing on the side, really, that I was also learning during all of this. Um, again, I was really fortunate. I, I went into a practice that had a a CEREC, I had a TRIOS. And so the last time I really did an impression for Crown & Bridge was dental school. Um, so as a follow-up on from going from single crown to full mouth rehab, it was basically about three or four years of just – ongoing learning and, and things like, um, there's a lot of really good full mouth rehab courses now online. Uh, the one I particularly liked was Phelan. Um, it's run by Phelan, it's, a, it's really comprehensive. And although a lot of it is analog, you could apply a lot of these things to a digital workflow. And it's, it's funny, I mean, full mouth rehab is also one of those things that freaks a lot of people out, but um, it's all about case selection and good planning. Um, because if I give you a perfect wax up that's fit for the patient's mouth and is fit for CR and everything um, cutting one crown versus cutting 14 you know, the, the skill gap, the, the stress increases, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's all cutting crowns the, the point isn't the cutting crowns part it's all the planning, understanding what you're doing beforehand. Mm,
0: yeah and would you say that particular course uh, was a game changer, would you say that I mean, what in particular about that course compared to maybe something or the other courses that, that stood out more?
1: Uh, Phelan's course is an interesting one. The thing that stood out to me was it, it was actually online. I'm, I, I have affinity for online courses. I mean, it's one of those things that I think we've all warmed up to, um, that we can actually learn things online and we can actually learn things through videos. And for his thing, it, it just attracted me that you, it was a one-time thing and he, and he sent you all these DVDs and i consumed some of his content before and the guy is comprehensive as anything i mean it's 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 like <laughs> it's pretty hard to get through the first time um but you know uh, over a few months you kind of digest all the information and it fundamentally is, is quite sound and a lot of it's like basic things like you know how what a leaf gauge is how to use a leaf gauge you know how far to open up a patient. And, uh, and from there, you can translate a lot of these things to the digital workflow, which makes things even easier because yeah, no one likes to take impressions of 14 crowns, but scanning 14 crowns is much easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you've gone through the bread and butter, you're doing your um, implants to get better at surgical skills. And then you're at the same time, you've got the, you're slowly building up this full mouth rehab kind of education around that. And then how do you incorporate digital smile design? Where does that kind of come into your CPD?
1: I mean, digital smile design, again, is one of those things. I couldn't say it was a specific course. I mean, DSD is all around us now. So many people are teaching it online and everything. And DSD fundamentally, I mean, the work by Christian Coachman is, was groundbreaking at the time. Um, but fundamentally, it's, 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 it's like a visual wax up. And if you want to get a bit more involved, you turn it into some sort of 3D model. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of different courses that uh, really benefited us with the small design process. I mean, obviously, the stuff that Christian Coachman does himself is incredible. Um, The other things is just trial and error, really. Um, There's a lot of small designer applications now. And if you just want a 2D motivational wax up to show a patient, that's not really hard to do. You don't really need a course as such, you just need to learn how to use the software, but it's kind of translating that to a 3D model that you can eventually transfer into the patient's mouth, which requires a bit of work. But it's all interwebbed. I mean, then you're learning about how to use CAD software and and all the you know the fundamentals of you know anterior aesthetics and and it all relates to your full mouth rehab stuff because generally when a patient spends 30, 40, 50k on their teeth the least you can do is give them a nice smile at the end, you know? <laughs> so it, it all kind of bakes into itself. And that's kind of the beauty of dentistry is that the more CPD you do, the more you realize it's benefiting other aspects of your dentistry. Uh, for instance, this implant course I did, well, it opened a gate for me to be able to do wisdom teeth and, and take out wisdom teeth. Obviously, case selection is key. You start off with the low hanging fruits, and you slowly build up your confidence until you can do bigger cases. Um, and the really hard ones, you refer to a specialist anyway. Um, so it's it's all interweb. This uh, smile design is you know anyone who's interested in doing any cosmetics these days or cosmetic dentistry should be getting into smile design. It's um, a no-brainer. And even if you're doing the rehab stuff small design is part of it because Again anterior cosmetics
0: mm, Right. So are you saying that um, uh, you kind of pick these kind of courses along the way because of the patients that you're kind of coming across? Or was it more that this is something that you're more interested in and you want to dive into more?
1: I would say both. I would I'd definitely say both. I mean you get to a point like for instance, everyone gets these patients that have a, d- a dentureless space and you get to a point where, you know, partial dentures aren't really that amazing. I think anyone would agree on that. And then your only the other tool in the toolbox is a bridge. And, and so you get to the point where you want to offer your patients something else and rather than lob them out to a specialist or another dentist, uh, you get to the point where you're like, look, you know, why can't I do it myself? Um, and, and that kind of guides you in that way. And the same thing with your wear patients. I mean, a lot, a lot of dentistry I feel is, uh, especially new grads, uh, a lot of new grads these days actually have pretty decent hand skills, to be honest. Uh, like they cut preps really nicely because uh, it's drilled into them. But with new grads, what I find is the main thing that's lacking with them is that they don't know what they don't know. So they don't know how to diagnose that someone needs a full mouth rehab even though it's really obvious, like severely worn teeth and and things like that. And, and you just get to the point where you wanna offer your patients more. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm like anyone else. I mean, I look back, my first minimum two years of dentistry were brutal, just like anyone else. I mean, we all went through that. Uh, I remember my first molar endo, I mean, I, I love endo now. I do it almost every day, at least once or twice. Um, my first molar endo in private practice was a perforation. so. It was a trial by fire, you know. So we all we all go through that uh, rough period at the first year or two. We are just trying to find your footing, um, but then it's almost like a boredom thing. You 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 know, you kind of get used to doing single unit crowns, and you get used to doing endodontics and that sort of stuff. And and it's like, what's next? You know, you I'm one of those people that always likes to challenge themselves and and look for the next you know next challenge.
0: Mm, the new, the new frontier, hey.
1: The new frontier.
0: <laughs> so, in the whole scope of things, your your dad's pretty heavy into this whole digital dentistry side of things. I mean, you guys were pretty early on in getting what E four D cameras. I think your mom was pretty heavy on buying that really early to get your dad into it. I heard.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a funny story. Eh? My mum was actually the the main part of this whole thing that was started almost resulted in the history of digital dentistry in that uh, she kind of my mom and dad are dentists and and they don't work together which is kind of funny that's a, a whole story for another day and she was kind of pushing him to to get into this digital thing I don't know what made her believe in it but so my dad got an e4d she got an e4d at the time and anyone who remembers knows that those were terrible machines man oh god like not just e4d just anything in that generation it's like comparing a nokia to an iphone and and it's quite funny my dad uh persisted he he didn't enjoy using this thing and he spent you know countless hours after work trying to get the stupid thing to work and he always tells me a funny story he got to a point where he called up i think it was shine at the time who was distributing it And he called them and he said, look, just take this bloody thing away. Just come to the office. I don't even want my money. Just take this like demonic thing away. And they wouldn't. And they tried to do a bit more training. And like with perseverance, he kind of got the hang of it. And it's like you look back and now digital kind of dominates everything we do. It's part of every single thing we do, which is kind of mind-blowing to think.
0: Yeah, I mean, to think that, you know, your dad who was like totally like, no, I think I'm good without it, to changing over and your mom was just like, no, we're getting it, you're playing with it, and then we'll we'll work off from there.
1: (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much. And and the good news is, I don't want to scare anyone off with the digital side with that horror story, but the good news is we're talking about like four or five generations ago of Scanner. And these days they're a lot cheaper, they're a lot easier to use and the support is all around you, which is good. I mean, we run a whole bunch of courses, of course, and, and there's courses pretty much everywhere in the world on these things. So um, yeah, not not like back in the day, it was quite brutal because even the rep at the time didn't really know how to use it, you know, it was so new.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, so your dad's kind of, you know, going through all these um, ups and downs of learning, trial by fire, like as you would say. And then you kind of come into the practice and then, you know, like you've mentioned, you know, the, the university doesn't have, doesn't, hasn't taught you anything about this. And your dad's like, here's the scanner. This is how you use it. You know, how, and then you, you embrace it and you're like, what is this big contraption I'm holding in my hand? <laughs>
1: it's almost like i imagine my kids instead of like a dummy or whatever they're gonna get a scanner or something i don't know but like uh, yeah look I, I came in and and dad's just like look you can either do it this way or do it this way which is way better in almost every way I, and i actually remember fondly in dental school i hated impressions um and like hated to the point where you know my stomach would sink because i did my first impression and the and the patient gagged and it freaked me out it gave me like a phobia of impressions so for me it was almost like look i don't even i don't need to do impressions anymore this is
0: great (laughs) (laughs) so all right you're learning it but obviously it's a struggle so how do you kind of dive more into your education about this whole digital dentistry because it's still kind of early days I was fortunate. And, and, and
1: look, this kind of ties up to why we started IDD in the first place. I mean, when I got it, I was very fortunate. And, and I had an amazing mentor, which was my father, which is a key point for any new grad listening or coming up student. I mean, the best thing you can do for your career is find a good mentor. Don't go for the highest paying job. Don't do any of this stuff. Just Just find someone who's going to invest in you. I was fortunate. No one's going to invest in you more than your own father. So I was working alongside him and he just showed me the ropes. He taught me and uh, we spent a lot of hours, you know, after hours, he was showing me how to use the scanner, how to design. And it was really, you know, it's one of those things where the more you do it, just naturally the better you get. And you know what Facebook is like these days. It's like is everywhere. You can't get away from it. So I'm part of all the groups and I watch what these guys are doing, how they're designing things. And you're just always consuming information. And by practice and practice and practice, you just pick it up. And it's funny, that's kind of what led to us starting IDD is that there was just no training. Um, IDD really started because we were one of the first in the country to have a whole bunch of scanners. I mean, now we have pretty much every scanner you can imagine. Uh, Globally, I I don't think anyone else has the range of tech that we have in a clinic. Uh, But at the time, this is back in 2016, 17, we had a CEREC, a a plan mecca and a trios and it was kind of crazy for people to have all three and what i realized is that you know when people are inquiring about these scanners um you ask one rep and you know they're all just doing their job you can't hate on them but they all tell you it's the best thing um and how idd really started it wasn't courses it was just me and my dad writing up Blogs online about our experiences with these scanners and the pros and cons of each one, so people kind of had an idea of where to go and that's really how it started and um, and from there, yeah it's just I mean the rest is history
0: mm, yeah, something that we talked a little bit um, earlier as well was you know associates they see this digital dentistry. It's on the up and coming. They believe in this um, knowledge, but you know, for them, they might be in a situation where they're in a practice that doesn't have um, digital dentistry um, or these scanners, but they believe in it. Um, we've had one guest on earlier as well, who was like, you know what? He went ahead and purchased it, um, a scanner for himself, even though, like you know, it is maybe expensive um, for a recent graduate. But what would you say to that?
1: Look, you you really have three options. I mean, like we were talking before, Lawrence, uh, digital dentistry is not a composite course. You can't just watch something and then start applying it. You need the tech. At the very least, what you need is a scanner. That's all you need to start. Um, And the handy thing is these days they're a lot cheaper. I mean, you can buy some secondhand scanners for about 20, 25K these days. And the Chinese ones are coming soon to the market, which are even cheaper. So... Really for a new grad who's sitting there and he's like, look, I want to get into this digital thing, but I don't have a scanner. You realistically have three options. Um, A, you talk to your boss and have a serious chat with him and try to, you know, talk some sense into him about why he needs to get a scanner. Because again, look, if you want me to share some slides about the benefits and the research-based benefits, I can, they're endless now. Um, It's a no-brainer really and um, or two you buy your own scanner now that sounds a bit extreme but look if you really love your workplace and you love the people you work with and you're making great money blah 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 but you don't have a scanner and you really want one well go buy one go buy one just like you'd buy a pair of loops for yourself um that's the only other way and and thirdly which is a bit brutal was leave the job and find someone that does digital that's that's really the only other thing you can do um you can't imagine out CAD cam without actually having the equipment. So if you're really keen, talk to your boss um, and, and, and try to figure out a way. And I think most people are leaning towards getting scanners anyway. Um, The percentage of people that are thinking of investing in scanners is increasing year by year. Um, And if not, if that doesn't work by your own, really, that's the only other thing.
0: Mm, Fair enough. So, of all the CPD that you've done, have, do you feel like there was a particular one that wasn't as beneficial for you at the time and you would do differently next time?
1: I, I don't want to throw CPD providers under the bus because um, there definitely are a few that ring a bell. Um, yeah, I'll spin it this way. Look, One of the key pieces of CPD you can do anyone is some sort of communication CPD. It's, it's, it's brutally important. And we do a lot of that in our practice. We do it through prime practice. There's all these other ones these days, you know, uh, what's some of the other ones in Australia. I know you guys have a couple of names for similar guys doing.
0: We've got Mark Hassett. We've got um, a few other ones. Yes. Yeah.
1: So there's a few communication CPDs and, and what I would suggest is look with communication CPDs, I would go for the kind of, the longer span ones rather than like the day or two day cpd about communication or you know planning treatments or anything like that it just i've a lot of the time you know cpd is two types there's kind of skill based where you can take something home and there's more like theory crafting where you can kind of try be like the guy who says they're really successful and a lot of the time it's never a one or two day approach you know this, these things take years and years so I don't want to throw anyone under the bus live, um, but definitely, I mean, a lot of the CPD that I've done hands-on has been super beneficial. Some of these some of these more lecture-based CPDs are a bit hit and miss, I find, um, especially with the communication side. It really needs to be ingrained in the practice. There's no point doing a communication CPD and learning how to do one-hour examinations when the practice is set up for 20-minute examination.
0: Mm, yeah. So it's kind of try maybe seeking your practice principle and who they've kind of um, learned best from. So then you can kind of follow a similar kind of philosophy so that when you attend that communication, you can apply it the same way if you believe in that philosophy.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely try align with your practice goals. I mean, it's one of those things, a practice is like a machine and it needs to be a well-oiled machine where everyone's doing similar things. Um, And definitely, look, if you see what your owner or practice or boss is doing and you really like think it's amazing definitely align with you know ask them how they learned Um, because communication is one of those things where you'll see so many different providers out there and they all kind of have their own ways of doing things I know some dentists that do hour-long examinations I personally do and I swear by it others are very successful with 30-minute examinations so there's no one size fits all but um, definitely look at the people around you, especially those who are much more experienced, and and try to learn as much as you can from them, um, because they would have gone through kind of the same trials and tribulations you're trying to go through.
0: Mm. Yeah, we're talking about trial and tribulations. Have there been any struggles in your CPD or dental journey so far that some of our viewers don't know about?
1: Oh, endless, endless, endless. I mean, a lot of the digital stuff was a lot of struggle. Uh, for years and years and years Um, I guess for me again uh, and in a broader spectrum not just about digital dentistry um, it was just kind of gaining confidence Um, that was the main thing I mean like I say I I remember how brutal my first year out is or was Um, it was one of those things where almost every second week I'd have uh, a tricky extraction that I couldn't get out Um, and you know just I can't stress this enough, having a good support circle around you, especially in these times when people's mental health are taking a beating, um, having, you know, a, a, a mentorship around you, and I don't mean out of city, usually the mentorship is best to come from within the clinic. I mean, that's, that's crucial. Um, because look, at the start, it's, it's, it's hard. Dentistry is not easy at the start because there's so much that's going through your mind and you're overanalyzing everything. Uh, and then you get to a point where almost everything is, is I don't want to say autopilot, but that sounds terrible, but you know what I mean. You just get to the point where you're so comfortable with your skills. It's not like that at the start. At the start, it's a real struggle and you need someone there to always fall back on. Uh, more important than courses, as I stress to everyone, find a good mentor that will change your career find a good workplace uh, it will completely change your career and, and a lot of people feel like you know the first few years they could just stick around or whatever um, but I would I would say the opposite I mean I work like a dog though so I, <laughs> work-life balance is not really my strongest suit I love dentistry and that's all I do but I would say to be honest the first few years are the key because they completely shape the trajectory. You know, if you get those few first few years right, and uh, like five, 10 years, are like the top of your game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting point that you talk about. You know, the first few years, um, if you can get that right, it changes everything. But, you know, I guess if you don't get that, it's also, it's never too late to make that change, right? Of course.
1: And of course, and it's one of those things, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're um, you're not quite fulfilled or satisfied just reach out reach out to your i don't know even to people like me or lawrence or the guys on cpd junkie i mean dentists are pretty good community you know we all like to help each other um but definitely if you don't feel fulfilled in your workplace that's something you need to change and i see that through some of our associates to be honest we have some associates that have worked in some other places for like five years and then they come and work with us and we're very heavy on training and obviously getting them souped up with digital and and some of them just like flourish like crazy um and and a key workplace really can just change your career
0: mentoring is a tricky thing as well at times you know some people like to be a fly on the wall some people want you to check on them some people want you to be leaning over their shoulder how have you found it and what would you say to the recent graduates
1: you're totally right um, lawrence and, and and that's a It's a tricky one because there's so many different styles um, of learning, especially. Um, And I would just find, find your happy medium where you feel comfortable. For me, I didn't really like a lot of the fly on the wall thing. What gave me a lot of confidence in my dentistry to start excelling and learning quickly was just having that support person there. And that's how I like to be with our associates, just having someone always in the clinic where if something went south, they can send you a message and you'll come in and you know introduce yourself and take care of the situation, whether it's a heart extraction or a, a molar that you couldn't file through or something like that. Um, at the same time, look, some people need a little bit more hand-holding at the start. And it's just really finding what, what suits you best. And don't worry, you're not gonna stay in that kind of state forever. In a year or two of just good mentorship, you're going to look back and, and and kind of laugh about how hard it was because now you find it relatively easy. But definitely, I mean, having that relationship with you know, I, I feel bad for some new graduates that get put in practices alone. I think that's ridiculous. But let's not get into that. Uh, having that relationship with your principal dentist or any senior dentist where you know like you don't feel bad to ask them there's no hesitation or barrier to ask them and then that kind of takes some fostering in its own sense
0: yeah yeah you know where do you hope your ideal clinical or non-clinical data look like in five years time and what kind of cpd do you want to do to kind of get to that point
1: Ooh, that's a good question ideally um I want to s- reduce clinical actually somewhat <laughs> cuz my a lot of my focus these days is a lot of the issue of digital dentistry dealings but um, if I'm I'm always going to stay on clinical and if I were to have my ideal day it would probably be four days and in 5 10 years time I really hope I'm going to stop doing single surface fillings and single extractions and those sort of things. I really think what interests me at least is a lot of the more reconstruction side of things. And obviously that's also what's really financially beneficial for the dentist. I mean, it's win-win. You're changing people's lives and you're making some money on the way. Um, and so ideally for me, I, I wanna build up a patient base where I have a lot of patients who need more of the reconstruction rehab work, Right now, it's every month or so. And and, uh, the consistency is the key, you know. Um, The other thing is getting more into soft tissue grafting. Personally, I'm doing a lot of um, different aspects of dentistry. But one part I haven't touched on yet, and I really want to get into, because again, it goes hand in hand with almost everything you do. And it's almost like the stepping stone. You get into implants, and then you realize, hey, I need to learn how to do sutures better and you do that. And then, hey, I need to learn how to do soft tissue stuff because it's so important. And that's probably the next step for me in terms of CPD Um, and also orthodontics. I really want to, again, that's just part of the things where I'm finding cases where not just kids, but adults need uh, braces or some sort of alignment at least before doing some rehab work. And it's one of those things where I want to be able to be the single person that provides all the treatment. I think it makes the whole workflow a lot smoother and easier for everyone involved. Um, so yeah, that's, that's next on the horizon.
0: So where are you looking in terms of the CPD courses? Are you looking somewhere in Australia, looking somewhere overseas or? Currently, I mean, like the orthodontics thing is really easy.
1: I'm looking either between uh, progressive or Derek, and I think they both have a very good pros and cons. Um, personally, I I'm shifting towards progressive ortho for my orthodontics for two main reasons and a couple of other clinicians who have done it a lot in our practice already do progressive ortho and use all the equipment. So it's one of those things, again, with aligning everyone, because if you have the inventory already there, it doesn't make sense to go and buy a whole set of inventory. Um, The other thing as well is with POS is they have quite a hefty online module again, because I don't see us... Traveling with ease for a while, sadly. Um, Especially with things like orthodontics, you know, that's, you need to set out years of of travel. And with that sort of disruption, I'm really looking at the online stuff more and more um, and kind of the guided live learning more and more. Um, With the soft tissue stuff, I mean, it's not even on the horizon because to me, that's going to be one of those courses where I really need to be there doing it live. And unfortunately, in New Zealand, we don't really have the largest course selection. We're not like cozies. Um So for that, I'm really waiting for things to open up and then we'll consider that.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. You know, for a lot of like graduates, they come out they're thinking, you know, I've got to get into ortho, I've got to get into implants, you know, I've got to do all of them together or do it really quickly. Uh, but I like the fact that you know the way you approach it is you know you just approach one thing and then you just kind of dive into it a little bit more and even though you know like you said digital dentistry you're surrounded by it and it would have been so easy to kind of jump into orthodontics you know scanning and all of that but you kind of wait until you want to what you're interested in first before you kind of switched and pivoted
1: 100 percent, and I feel like a lot of new grads you know they get a bit like FOMO or overwhelmed, I don't know what it is. You know, you see either people online and all the Instagram dentists posting their amazing stuff and Facebook dentists. I would just say, look, just just breathe. Like you said, you do have time. I wouldn't slack around doing single surface fillings for like five years. That's, you're wasting time. But definitely in your first few years, I would just suggest get the fundamentals right. (laughs) Pain diagnosis, putting in fillings that don't fall out or cause, you know, pulpitis every time. Uh, one of the key things you need to learn is just pulling out teeth properly, not how they do in dental school. Um, I know in Otago, they told us at the time not to use elevators. Yeah, so just like I would really, to start, if I was going to give someone a blueprint, get the fundamentals right, how to cut a prep well, how to bond well, how to do fillings properly, how to do extractions. And look, if you've got enough patients coming through the door, realistically, and if you're switched on a bit, and you have good mentorship that to be honest you know you don't get me wrong you're not gonna do anthony Mack style composites but you're gonna be at a level where you're pretty satisfactory within a year or two you know it's 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 the same skill over and over if you're taking out three four teeth almost every day you get pretty switched on after a year of brutal extractions you know you kind of learn um So I would look, that's really the key in your first few years, just get the fundamentals right. Pain diagnosis is crucial, uh, especially when you're doing this other stuff. Like if you're doing a rehab, you need to be super quick at diagnosing where the pain is if the patient gets something. Uh, You need to be good at endos. Let's say, look, you do a rehab and patient gets pulpitis from one of the crown teeth. Being able to just quickly finish the endo and like a visit or two with minimal fuss and probably no charge for the patient if you haven't warned them about it. That's, that's a good skill to have rather than freaking out and it derails the whole treatment. So the fundamentals are key and then just figure out what you wanna do. I mean, it's not all about just chasing money and then going for like orthodontics and implants because all the big boys are doing it, but it's just figuring out, you know, what do you wanna provide for your patients? Implants and orthodontics and all the cool stuff is not for everyone. Um, if you're into the cosmetic stuff, gravitate towards that and do pick up some cosmetic courses. Some people are really into the surgery stuff. Focus on um, oral surgery and, and wisdom teeth and implants. And-,
0: and go from there. Yeah, definitely. Dr. Ahmed Al-Hassini, there's so many more questions I want to ask, but that's all the time we've got for today. I want to thank you for coming on the show. If you can let the people know how they can find you or what you've got going on in your life.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can find me on Instagram at uh, my handle's Dr dot alhasini and uh, you can also obviously find us on the Institute of Digital Dentistry i mean i'm pretty active on socials i'm sure people are kind of sick of hearing about reviews and all the stuff i post but definitely look if anyone's interested in digital dentistry i think uh, our platform is now basically one of the global leaders in in digital education so go check it out if you're interested and uh, otherwise find us on facebook and instagram
0: If you liked this episode, drop a comment below on your favorite part or leave a review. Don't forget to share it with your friends and we'll see you in the next episode of CP Junkie Podcast.